when you're done. I love, uh, I love hearing the conversation, and uh, I, wish I, I wish I could hear uh, what each of you said. But just to get an idea, when I asked the band this morning and our tech crew and everybody that you don't usually get to see on Sunday mornings, overwhelmingly, they chose the beach. So how many agree and would say, you want to go to the beach? Now, here's my deal with that, is it's so hot in Phoenix right now. Like yesterday, I was standing outside, and it felt like my face was melting on one side. And so uh, I chose the Alps, like the Swiss Alps. Uh, anybody want to go to Swiss Alps? Yeah. Sounds like a mission trip. <laughs> Let's do it. And then I, someone this morning said uh, the starry, starry night, like they just love to sit there. Yes, got some of those. And then anybody just want to see nature and the hummingbirds? <laughs> so I asked the van, because no, nobody chose that one. And I asked the van, and they said, it's because we live here. Like, that's just, we see that all the time. So it, we miss the beauty of what's right in front of us all the time. That was my super spiritual way of challenging them on that. Uh, hey, so good to gather with you. My name's Matt. I'm one of the pastors here. And if you're new today, thanks so much for joining us. We know it's really tough to walk into a new place where you might not know the schedule and songs and all of that. Uh, so thank you for taking a risk and, and spending your Sunday morning with us. Uh, we want you to know you are in a safe place to both explore faith and take steps of faith. And we hope that you're able to do that at some level. And if you miss everything else that's going on uh, during the morning, if you, if you kind of zone out, we want you to know above all else that you are being pursued by your heavenly father because he loves you more than you can ever imagine. And some of you just need to hear that this morning, that, that you are loved more than you could ever imagine because you've been through a week where you don't feel very loved. And I won't ask you to raise your hands, but some of you don't feel very loved and you feel alone. And, and I want you to hear this morning that you're not alone. Uh, you have a God who is with you in so many different ways, more, more ways than you know, and you have a church family here, uh, whether this is your first time or you've been coming for years, this is a church family who, who will love you and walk with you no matter where you are in life. So thanks so much for being here. A um, few quick little things. If you have a, a packet of information that you received when you walked in, there's a number of things going on. Uh, the back of that is a, is a card that you can just tear off if you'd like. We'd love to know that you're here, especially if it's your first week. And if you bring that to Connect Central, we'd love just to meet you face to face. You can drop it in one of the baskets when they're passed. There's a black box at all the exits. But that card is a great way to communicate with us, ask questions, register for upcoming events. It's just a great communication tool uh, that you can use. And then uh, there's an envelope in there. That's really for those who consider this their church home. Uh, that's one of the many ways that you can give if you want to partner with us financially and jump in to further the work of God, uh, both here in the, in, in the valley, but also around the world with our, our mission partners. Uh, there's a man camp card in there. Men, we'd love to have you along for man camp this year if that's something you're interested in. Even if you have questions, stop by Connect Central, which is in the middle of the lobby across from where the construction is, and uh, we'll answer any of those questions. Hey, tomorrow morning kicks off Camp Create here at McDowell, and it is one of the best camps in the valley. And uh, we have, Lori told me uh, yesterday, she texted me and she said, you know, we, we limited it this year to 130 kids because we knew there would be construction and things going on. And so we want to be careful about how many uh, people we allowed. So we limited it to 130. And she said, so we have 140 uh, coming tomorrow. 
And I knew it. I knew Lori's just like that. She's just graceful, and uh, she's, you know, letting everybody who wants to come, as many as possible. We have a little bit of a waiting list, but it's going to be awesome. So do me a favor this week. Uh, as you get in your car, if you drive by this place or if you think about the beauty of the world around us, pray that God would in some way interact with the kids who have gathered here for Camp Create. Um, because that's what we want more than anything else. We want kids to understand they have a heavenly father who has created them and who loves them. So if you think about it this week, pray with us. It's going to be an awesome week. Uh, student life, they just got back from beach camp. My, my uh, middle child, Calvin, his face is all peeling off right now because he didn't wear sunscreen, which is awesome. Uh, he learned a lot, right? He learned when he was there. It was a great camp. And this morning, if you have students in that age bracket, sixth grade through 12th grade, Chip, our new student ministry pastor, would love to meet you. Uh, if you want to just swing by after the service down at the, the other end of the building, that's where Student Life meets. Just say hi to Chip. Uh, he's got some information for you because our, our schedule with our students is changing just a little bit come this fall. So if you have kids in that age bracket, just swing by. Say hi to Chip and Sarah and, uh, and get all that information. Uh, I'm going to invite the ushers to come forward, and they're going to pass some baskets. And this is one of those moments uh, that in church can be weird sometimes, uh, especially for those who are new. Just let that basket pass you if you're new. This is really for those who consider this their church home. And uh, we're just so grateful for your generosity. Uh, Father God, we give back to you right now out of the overflow of what you've given us. And we give joyfully, uh, not because we feel like we have to, but you've just given us so much, and so we give to you, and we pray that you would use this for good in the world, things that we see and things that we don't see uh, here in the valley, but also our global partners. God, just I pray that this money would go to bless people, and I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen? Um, as they pass those baskets, and right before we jump into the message, uh, I want to give you a quick update on where we are on the project, the uh, expansion project. Isn't it fun to come in every week and see a little bit different things that, that are a little bit different? Um, this week, they, they redid the stage floor for the fourth time. Hopefully, the fourth time is the charm, and it's the right one, but we'll see how the floor reacts and all of that. This room is getting closer and closer to completion. We think by next week or the week after, this room will be completely done, which we're excited about. And uh, it's looking better. It's sounding better. Isn't the sound better? Uh, it's so cool. And uh, I'm just so grateful for all the people who have jumped in. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the new office space on the north side of the building, which you really can't see unless you come in the north side uh, of the property, uh, that's about done. And our staff and volunteers are so excited about that because we, we've had temporary, small, tiny, temporary offices from the very beginning, which has been fine. But as our staff has expanded, and you know we've had about 800 square feet uh, for about 17 staff members, that doesn't work real well. You can kind of add that up. It just doesn't work real well. And so finally, uh, we're able to expand a little bit. That's awesome. The drywall is up in there, so we're starting to see it take shape. And then one of the things I'm most excited about is I've wanted this place to become a little bit of a sanctuary during the week for people either in work or kids after school, moms and dads who are dropping their kids off, maybe just to swing by, grab some coffee, and uh, sit around and chat, sit around and work, do whatever they need to do. And so we are working on the cafe in the lobby, and it will be an incredible cafe, open six or seven days a week, and it's for our community to gather in. It's, it's like a, a Starbucks-esque place, but better. <laughs> Locally roasted coffee. Um, 
And as a part of that, one of the things that we want to do, we, did, we didn't budget for this, but one of the things we want to do is just completely uh, rework our outdoor space uh, for kids to have a play area, for parents to be able to sit on the back patio uh, when their face is not melting from the sun. Um, and, and so we want to completely redo this area. And we've been talking with uh, landscape designers and, and uh, all of that. And if that's something that's on your heart as well, come talk to me. I'd, I'd love to talk to you about that project and maybe how you could jump in and be a part of it. Uh, and that's not me twisting your arm at all. I just, if, if somebody is interested in that kind of thing, I'd love to talk to you about what that might look like for us. So we're excited about doing that as well. And it's going to be an awesome fall. Are you guys ready for fall? Oh, man, me too. Okay. So we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, and um, we're going to talk a little bit more about that and, and then transition a little bit today. I, I told you last week was the last week, and then there were just some things, some people asked me some questions, and there's so much to the Holy Spirit, and so I wasn't, I wasn't ready to be done with it. Is that okay? Is that all right with you? If we just, one more week, I want to answer a couple questions and, and talk about a couple other things. So just to bring those up who have missed and haven't been around, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, and in the Bible, at the beginning of the Bible, when it talks about the Holy Spirit, it talks about God's literal breath, the breath of God, and the Hebrew word, anybody remember the, the Hebrew word? You've got a spit, ruach, that's awesome that you guys know that, ruach is the Hebrew word, and it literally means God's breath, and in a sense, every living thing has God's breath, the Holy Spirit within us. Because that is what gives us life. Uh, we, we started as, this is not encouraging, but we started as dirt and we'll return to dirt, right? When, when, when God's breath leaves us and, and we are no longer here on this earth, we go back, our bodies go back to dirt. And, and so it's God's spirit, God's breath, that gives every living thing life. Now, God's spirit is doing certain things in us other than just keeping us alive. Uh, Lori, a few weeks ago... Uh, talked about how God's Spirit nudges us, right, and kind of pushes us in different directions. And she used this word that we don't like. God's Spirit convicts us of certain things. And we don't like that. None of us like to be told or led in, in directions we don't want to go. But that's the Spirit nudges us. It, it convicts us of certain things. It awakens us to certain things. And then Cameron, the week after that, uh, Pastor Cameron talked about how God's Spirit calls us to certain things in this, in this life, that he's, he's gifted us, he's equipped us for certain purposes. And that's imp so important for every person in this room. God has gifted you and equipped you in a way for a specific purpose. God wants you to bring about something good in this world. He doesn't want you just to go through life and then look back on your life and think, did I accomplish anything? Like God has given you gifts and passions, and he, he's called you to something in this world. And that's the most joyful thing we can do is find where God has called us and plug in. And it's so, there's so many different ways uh, that we can, we can find that. And then last week we talked about God's comfort, that God shows up, uh, and Jesus used the word paraclete, which literally means the one called alongside. And so... Uh, God's Spirit is called alongside us to journey with us uh, for the, the mountaintop experiences and also the valley experiences where things are just terrible in our lives. And, and God walks with us in those things. Uh, he's the paraclete. He's the counselor. He's the comforter. All those, those words that give us a picture of what God's Spirit does in us and around us and with us. And so last week, 
I got home and, and Robin, my wife, um, she said, so I kind of got lost this morning, which is never a good thing for a pastor's wife to tell the pastor. <laughs> and um, I, I was like, well, I, I don't understand how you got lost. And I said, you just must not have been listening. And <laughs> that didn't go well. So I'm digging a hole a little bit, and I said, well, let me, let me remind you of what I said this morning. And I pulled out my little notebook, and she didn't want that either. And um, she said, here's my question, not confused so much about the morning, but in the Bible, when it talks about God's Spirit, it's, it's talking about the Spirit in, in, in so many different ways. Like the Holy Spirit fills us, the Bible says, but is also with us, beside us, like called alongside so is there a difference between those two things? Like when the Spirit fills us, is that different than the Spirit who's called alongside? Is there a different work there? Like that's just confusing. And like can we get just a little bit of the Spirit or do we get all of the Spirit? Are there different like levels of the Spirit? So like is someone who worships in a certain way like super spiritual and somebody who doesn't worship in a certain way less spiritual or less filled with the Spirit? Like does anybody else have those questions? Okay, a few of you, good. Um, and, and here's a little bit of a summary, and, and there's been debates and discussions about this for years and years, but here's a little bit of a, of a summary of, of what I think is, is found clearly in Scripture, is that when we give our lives to Christ, right, when we receive life in Christ by God's grace, right, so this is all by God's grace, we receive life, it's through faith um, but it's his grace that brings this about. We have complete access to the Holy Spirit. Now, let me repeat that to you. Like, when, when you find life in Christ, you have complete access to the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? And, and in the New Testament, they even say things like, the same power, the Holy Spirit, that raised Jesus from the dead, you have that same power in you. Like, Paul is encouraging people. That is good news, is it not? That's good news. You have that same Spirit in you. But... We must take an active role. You and I must take an active role in giving the Holy Spirit complete access to us. And so are there different levels of the Spirit? Like, is someone super spiritual and someone's not as spiritual? Well, you and I have this role in, in what areas of our life do we give God access to? And that's the difference for us as followers of Jesus. We have complete access to His Spirit. The question is, what kind of access does he have to us? Now, let me, let me give you an example of this. In marriage, uh, in marriage, it is quite possible to, to, to be married to someone and to live with them for a long time and still not have complete access to their life. Can I get an amen from married people who have been married for a long time? <laughs> now, don't... Now, some of you wives are like hitting your husbands right now. Like, this isn't a marriage conversation. It's a Holy Spirit conversation. But it, it's possible for us as humans to withhold things from one another at a level where someone that is so close that we live with them and we sleep beside them, and yet they don't have access to little areas or closets or corners in our life. Do you know what I'm talking, you know what I mean? And the same thing is true for the Holy Spirit. Like God's Spirit, we have complete access to God's Spirit, but God's Spirit doesn't always have complete access to us because God gives us the ability to make choices that keep him out at a level. Now, God has the power to do whatever he wants to do. Like if God wants to fill all of you, he can do that, but he gives you the choice, which is 
is good. That's, that's his grace. He gives you the choice to make. And so our life, our, our, our walking out of this life is about giving God's spirit more access to us. And it's that, it's, it's when we do that that we find more and more of his grace, more and more of his joy. I mean, have you ever asked yourself, gosh, I thought when I became a Christian or I, I thought if I showed up at church that, that I would be more joyful and I'm not, I'm just angry and bitter and I'm just mad at life because life doesn't go the way that I want it to. And it seems like so-and-so over there is more joyful. Why are they more, more joyful? The more we give God access to our lives, his spirit access to our lives, the more joyful we become because it's his spirit that is what brings us joy. The circumstances, our minds, our hearts, that doesn't bring joy, it's his spirit. Are you with me? Okay. So um, in the New Testament, here are some some pictures or images uh, that they use in the New Testament to talk about this, that we're baptized by the spirit, we're clothed with the spirit, we're filled with the spirit, or we're filled by the spirit. We're uh, the Spirit falls upon us, or the, or the Spirit comes upon us. Uh, the Spirit is poured out on us. We receive the Holy Spirit. Do you see all those words and how that could become really confusing? And here's why. Because in the, in, in the first century world, there was not a formula for the Holy Spirit. Uh, how many of you live in the Western world? <laughs> all of you do. And, and one of the things in the Western world that we like is we like clarity and definition, and we love formulas. We want to know exactly how things work. And if I do this, it needs to lead to this. And in the, in the first century world, when, it, when, when they were talking about the Holy Spirit, they hadn't like, gathered together and created a, definition, a, a, a dictionary for how they were going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And so when they wrote about the Holy Spirit, it was in all these different ways trying to give us a picture but it leads us to, to, to understand that the Holy Spirit is mysterious. Like there is no formula to it. And don't you wish there was? I mean, if you're honest, I do. I wish there was a formula. I wish it was like uh, if I show up at church at least three out of four weekends of the month, and if I give maybe not 10%, but 5% of my income, like 5% is that threshold. If I can just give that maybe, and then, and then if I serve at least once a quarter, like if that can be the threshold and I get more of the Spirit, I'm good with that. And if I only have to give him like 25% access to my life, it's good. Maybe I'll give him 75, but there's some things I just don't want the Spirit to have. And if I could just get there and understand it that way, it would be so much easier, would it not? But it's not like that. And I think every single day is a question on whether or not we're going to give God access to our lives so that he may fill us. So he may baptize us, that, that he must come upon us in a certain way. Are, are you still with me? Yeah. It's just like in marriage. I mean, right? Like every single day you kind of have to make some choices on what you're going to do and how much access and, and all of that you're with me. It's not a formula. It's a mystery. So real quick, Paul writing, I love this passage where he talks about being filled by the Holy Spirit. So I, I want to I zero in on this just for a minute and, and walk through it. And Paul is writing to give... Um, some early Christians, some foundation for understanding how to live in this world. And this is how he begins. So be careful how you live. That's a good comment, isn't it? So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Anybody ever tell their kids this? <laughs> 
make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. So Paul is kind of wrapping this together and he's saying, hey, look, don't just go through life without thinking about it. Don't just go with the flow because if you just go with the flow, you're going to end up living like fools and wasting a bunch of time and money and resources and all that. So, so think about it. Like, live like those who are wise. Don't, don't just stumble through life. And then he says this, don't act thoughtlessly, but try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. So, so in, in, in a way, try to open your mind and your heart to God's spirit so that you might understand where God is leading you. And then he, he creates this tension. Now, sometimes I, I, I've chosen not to, to talk about this passage, but I think it's such a beautiful tension what he's building here. And so I'm going to use this, and this might step on a few toes, uh, but I want to use this in the way that Paul did to, to create a, a little bit of a, a dichotomy. He says this, um, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, now what Paul is doing here, he's writing uh, to a specific group of people who have lived in a culture where there was all kinds of crazy worship to false gods. And one of the ways people worshiped in this culture, where he's writing in, in Ephesus, one of the ways they worshiped a false god was that they would drink as an act of worship. Now, that sounds bizarre to us. To others, that sounds interesting, but it, it, it's, it, sounds, it sounds bizarre to us that you would drink as an act of worship. And so what would happen is they would drink to the point of excess to where they lost all sense or, of control of their minds and their bodies. And that happens, doesn't it? If you drink too much, you lose your ability to think clearly. There should be an amen some, somewhere in the room, right? That happens. And so Paul says, he, he, he wants us to see this, that, that if you drink too much, it's, it's commonly known that if you drink too much, you lose your, your sense of reason and being able to understand and see clearly. And so don't be drunk with wine. Instead, in the same way that you could fill yourself with wine, fill yourself with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the language here is, is very important. Be filled is... Like God does the filling of his Holy Spirit. He's the one who gives us the Holy Spirit, but it's up to us whether or not we're going to allow that Spirit to fill us. Isn't that interesting, just that, the, the way that language is used right there? It's, it's him and us. It's not just him, and it's not just us. He is the one who pours out his Spirit, but we must allow ourselves to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, nowhere in Scripture will you find some, something that says that drinking wine is sinful. But what Paul is doing here is he's saying, if you drink too much wine, you've now entered a territory that is outside of God's will for you. And instead of doing that, because that, that'll ruin your life, and I think we have people in this room who would testify to that, that drinking too much will ruin your life. And so Paul says, look, if that's something that captures you, like walk away from that and be filled with the Holy Spirit in the same way. And then he continues and he says this, um, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to God in your hearts. Now, this passage of scripture has created a lot of controversy in churches over the years where people who love these things called hymns are like, see, hymns are in the Bible. There it is, clearly. Why don't we sing more hymns in church? 
This had nothing to do with the hymns that we talk about a lot of times in the church. Now, some of you who haven't been around the church for a long time, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't worry about it. Just let that go right past you. What, what Paul is saying is here, is here is when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it causes us to express that in singing, in what we call worship, and it's one of the reasons we gather together every Sunday to sing songs, spiritual songs among ourselves, and making music. Now, some of us sing songs out loud. You know, we sing those spiritual songs among ourselves out loud. Some of us just need to make music in our hearts, <laughs> myself included, because it's, it's, it's not a beautiful sound. And so it, just make music in your heart, and that's okay. Um, he says, this is what happens when we're filled with the Spirit. And then he says this, and give thanks for everything. Give thanks for, this is hard to say, give thanks for everything. To God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give thanks to God for everything. Now, what's interesting to me is I think there are times we walk into a worship service where we gather together for the purpose of worshiping that we've lost the wonder and the wow of who God is. And so it just becomes this like routine and ritual that we just show up and when we leave we go, oh, did you like worship today? Which means what? Did you like the songs that we sang? Did you, did you like that? Did you not like it? Oh, church was good. Worship isn't about our preferences and it's not about what we like and don't like. Worship is about giving us the opportunity together to turn our hearts and our minds and express out of the Holy Spirit's work in us, express our thanksgiving to God the Father. Does that make sense? And that's what we have the opportunity. And I think sometimes we lose the wow of who God is. It's one of the reasons I put those pictures up there. Because God, he surrounds us with beauty in this world. And, and we see it so much that I think we've just lost the wonder of that. And worship is, is an expression out of the wonder that God's given us. It's this like wow moment. Um, yesterday, uh, I, I uh, went to a funeral of, uh, it was like a celebration service. It wasn't so much a funeral. Uh, it was a celebration service for a coach at one of, one of or two of our kids' school, school uh, over at Scottsdale Christian. And uh, his name was Steve Pageant. And he was 42 years old. And he was diagnosed like a year and a half ago with cancer, and he fought and thought that he had overcome, and then it came back, and um, so they gathered together, and it was, it was really cool, all these kids, he, he was the after-school coordinator, so all these kids that knew him, and kids that he had coached, they were all there, and their families, and uh, it, it wasn't like a traditional funeral, it ended with us shooting Nerf guns, it was awesome, because it was one of the things he loved doing, and um, they recorded a video like a week before he died. He didn't know. He, he, he wasn't sure he was that close to the end, and I think he had a heart attack near the end, uh, which kind of sped things along. But uh, he recorded this video, and uh, he was talking about his understanding of God. And I, I found, I found my, my eyes filled with water uh, for some reason when he started to talk about the day that he and his wife chose that as they were in the hospital for him to receive a chemo treatment, that they were going to start thanking God for the cancer. And I, I wasn't sure I heard it right. And he said, we, we decided that we were going to choose to thank God for the cancer 
that he allowed me to have. And he continued, and he said, because this cancer has awakened me to God's presence and his beauty and his goodness in this world in a way that I would have never been awakened if it wouldn't be for the cancer. And I thought, oh my gosh, how do you have that kind of perspective? It's because he chose to be filled at some level with the Holy Spirit. And he said this, he said, I'm, I'm 42. And on the video, I, I mean, I, they, a week before he passed away, they, they recorded this video and he said, I'm 42 and uh, I might not make it till I'm 43. But he said, you know what? What better way to end than to do 42 laps around and come around about to enter that 43rd full speed, thanking God for what he's given me. And all these kids are hearing this. And all of us as adults, we were hearing this and, and understanding this new level of worship and thanksgiving to God the Father. All, I think, due to him opening his life to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Changed his perspective, changed his life. And um, so something I want to do this morning, and Joe and I and, and John, we, we chatted about this. We want to just have a moment of worship where, uh, you know, we haven't had worship stations for a long time, and it's been driving me crazy. And I said, we just need, let's just have some worship stations and give people space to thank God, to turn to God in physical ways to be reminded of God's grace. And so in the back of the room, I love saying this again, there are candles and light represents God's presence, doesn't it? In the Bible, when it, when it speaks of light, it's talking about God's presence. And maybe you walked into this room surrounded with darkness and you need to be reminded that God is with you. And so as we sing, if you wanna slip to the back and light a candle, that's just a symbolic way of saying, God, I, I'm in a dark place and I need your light in my life, so be a light around me. Maybe you wanna light a candle for someone else and that's, that's fine as well. Uh, here in the front, on either side, there, there are the communion elements and in the back there are also some communion elements and, and maybe uh, this morning you simply need to be reminded of, of the goodness of God and, and you need to know that, that God sent Jesus for you, for each one of you and that was a good gift. And maybe you just need to be reminded of the good gift that Jesus is, and so you want to slip up, and the bread represents his body, which was broken. The cup represents his blood, which was poured out. So maybe you just want to be reminded of the body and blood of Christ, the good news, the gospel, and you can do that. In the back of the room, there'll be a couple uh, prayer partners, and if you just need someone to pray for you, you can just slip back there, and, and uh, they'll say a prayer over you. You don't have to tell them a whole lot. You can just tell them your name and that you need prayer, and they'll be they'll. They'll put their hand on, on your back and just say a prayer for you. Uh, so let's, let's stand together, and we're going to sing uh, this song. And as we do that, we're going we're gonna to worship uh, in this moment and respond to the goodness of God. Father God, um, I thank you for the, the gift of the Spirit. And all of us have breath, so we all have your breath that is sustaining us, keeping us alive. But God, you also want us to be, to be filled with your spirit in, in a way that is not just about breathing in and out, uh, but open and aware to your relational presence, guiding us, directing us, convicting us, calling us to certain things. And uh, God, we, we, it's hard sometimes to give access 
to the corners, the dark corners of our lives. But God, we want to open ourselves and become aware of your presence moving in us. And so in these moments, we, we worship, we sing some songs, and we respond. Uh, some of us light candles and some of us take communion. And uh, we do this to, to tune in with your spirit, to be reminded of your goodness. And uh, so may this uh, act of worship, these acts of worship, may this be pleasing uh, in your sight this morning. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Be seated just for, for another minute. Um, do you know that we all worship something? Do, do you know all humans uh, worship something? And, and when we define worship by turning your heart and your mind toward God, like the worship that we do in this, this space and hopefully throughout the week, that all of us give our hearts and our minds to, to certain things. And it's why there's such emotion in gatherings uh, where people gather together to turn towards something specific. Have you, have you ever been in a large gathering where everybody was turning towards something specific and there was a feeling about it? You were so thankful that you were there. My, my best friend and I, when I was in college in Indiana, uh, every year, if, if we didn't have a game, we would drive uh, the 10-hour drive to Alabama for the Auburn and Alabama football game. And... War Eagle, that's right. I don't know who said that, but I love you. Um, We would drive uh, through the night if we had to, and we never had tickets. But we knew that God, by his spirit, was going to bless us with tickets. No, not really. Not true. Anyway, but we would drive overnight. uh, We would get there, and we would walk around the stadium hoping that two poor college kids could get into the game. And most uh, years, we were able to get in the game. There was one that we weren't. Uh, but most years, we were, we were able to get in the game. And we would get in the game, and there is something that happens when you gather with 86,000, 87,000 people at Jordan-Hare Stadium, which is in Auburn. And, and when the eagle flies around before the game and then comes and lands, and they're about to, to kick off, and you hear uh, and see the, the, the shakers, the orange and blue shakers. And some of you have no idea what I'm talking talking about. And at kickoff, if you can imagine kickoff, and you just hear this rumble of war eagle, hey, and there's this, I wish I could get you to do that with me. Because I look like an idiot doing it by myself. Anyway, when you do it with 86,000 people, it changes everything. And you give your heart and your mind and you're there. And we would drive back, you know, so we'd get back for classes. And, uh, People would always ask us, so, so you, you drove 20, 22 hours for a three-hour game. And you know what we always said? It was, see, you guys, you already know. It was worth it. It's worth it. And it's almost like worship. It's worth it. As difficult as it is to get to a place where you can thank God even in the dark times, like worship is worth it. There's something about gathering with the group who, who have claimed to be following Jesus to say, I am all in on this. And, and it may be tough, and I may have gotten in five fights with my kids and my wife this morning because they didn't want to wear the shirt I wanted them to wear, and, and they wanted to stop at McDonald's, and we didn't have time. I told them there were donuts at the church, and we got there, and you didn't have the donuts out, and it was terrible. <laughs> but it's worth it. When, when you turn your heart and your mind toward God, it's worth it. And there's three little pieces I, I just want to throw your way, uh, and we're going to close with, with one last song. But um, it's worth it, I think, for these three reasons, and you find this throughout Scripture. 
is because in worship, we remember, we're reminded of how good God is. We're reminded of his great grace for each one of us, that there's nothing that we could do to separate us from his love. Isn't that good news? Yeah. And, and we're reminded of God's love, and that's worth it. It's worth it to, to get together wherever you are. Uh, you know, I, we go on vacation for a couple weeks every summer, and we go to Florida, and it drives my kids and crazy. Um, but I, like Rob and I, we, we like to, we go to church. We, we find a local body. Why? Because it's worth it to me. Like, I want to worship. I want to, I want to turn my heart and my mind back to God with the gathering of people because I'm reminded of God's grace. And I need to be reminded of that because I'm reminded all the time of the, of the ways that I don't measure up. I'm reminded all, all, all the time of the ways that I don't have what I want. You know, all of that. We're reminded all the time. We need to be reminded of God's grace and his goodness, don't we? So we gather to do that. You don't have to do that here, but it's good to gather together. The second thing that happens is we're united when we sing these songs out, this is how I fight my battles. When we sing that out together, like it unites us like nothing else. When you walk out of an Auburn game when they just beat the national champions, you're united. It doesn't happen very often. So when we gather in worship, we're, we're, we're united as the body and family of Jesus here in this world. We're reminded of his goodness. We're united together as a, as, a, as a new kind of a family. And then we're transformed. And our, our perspective of the world, hopefully when you leave this place, your perspective of the world, when I leave this place, my perspective of the world is different. I view the events that are going on in the world differently. I can't remember who said it, but somebody uh, a long time ago said we should always, when we open the newspaper, which none of us open the newspaper, when we open our computers uh, in the morning, we should always open it next to the Bible because the perspective of who God is changes the way we view what's going on in the world around us. It should. And when we worship, it transforms all that's going on, uh, the way that we, we view it and understand it. It's transforming so worship is important. Wouldn't you agree? Worship is important. It's good to get together. Uh, the end of the Psalms, last five uh, chapters of the Psalms are known as the Hallelujah Psalms. Say hallelujah. Because I'm about to be finished. Thank you for that. <laughs> the Hallelujah Psalms, the last five end, and they repeat hallelujah again and again. Here's, here's just a couple of them. Uh, 146. Uh, Psalm 146, hallelujah, oh my soul, soul, praise God, all my life long I'll praise him. Then 147, the next one says this uh, as it starts, hallelujah, it's a good thing to sing praise to our God because praise is beautiful and fitting. And then the next one, 148, hallelujah, praise God from heaven, praise him from the mountaintops, the kings and all races, leaders, important people, robust men and women in their prime, and yes, gray beards and little children. Now, I, I didn't know pirates existed here, but... <laughs> hallelujah and then 149 hallelujah sing to God a brand new song praise him in the company of all who love him Psalm 150 let every living breathing creature praise God hallelujah isn't that a good way to end the psalms hallelujah like it should make us smile it's worship it's about ending on the right note so we're going to sing a song called I s hallelujah right I s what's it called raise a hallelujah we're going to raise a hallelujah all you gray beards, 
and children alike. Would you stand with me as we worship and we sing to God? God, we, uh, we sing a hallelujah to you. We wrap up our time together singing this song, and we, praise, we pray that this would be pleasing in your sight.